0: Good Humans is a proud member of Accidental Information. For more info, visit AccidentalInformation.com. Hello, people of Earth. Thank you for joining me again on Good Humans. I'm so happy to have you back, and I'm really excited to introduce my guest to you this week. But before we do that... I want to tell you two things. The first one is to go over to patreon.com slash good humans and check out our Patreon page. Uh, I'm really excited and proud about the rewards that we're offering and the things we're doing over there. And I'm also excited to build some community and maybe even do some things for the community as a community with the funds that we raise there. So check it out. It's it's patreon.com slash good humans. I think you'll be as excited as I am maybe uh, about the rewards that we're offering over there. They're pretty cool. Uh, The next thing that I want to tell you is that this episode is going to be longer than the episodes we've released so far here in season two. Um, One of the rewards over at Patreon is access each and every episode to the full, uncut, unedited version uh, of the conversation. And what we're doing here is... I cut each episode down now um, to about 45 minutes. Uh, That way it's a little more approachable than uh, an hour and a half to two hour to maybe even three hour conversation. Um, And that way, uh, you know, it's, it's, It's hopefully cleaner, um, it's tighter, uh, and definitely, like I said, more approachable. But um, one of the rewards is access to the full conversations every episode, um, just in case you're one of the people that prefers uh, a little more long-form content. So um, I'm going to offer the entire conversation in this episode just to give you a taste of what that might be like uh, so that you can get a little sneak preview uh, of something uh, that only Patreon members will be able to have access to moving forward. So I'm really excited about this episode and I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be helpful. My guest this week is John Keister. John Keister is somebody that I went to college with um, years and years ago, too long ago now. Uh, And we've known each other from afar um, and kind of through other mutual friends for a long time. He and I haven't really talked a lot um, up until this podcast episode. Um, John's a great individual And I'm really excited to to have him share some of his insights uh, about growing up in the um, conservative far right cult that we both grew up in, uh, as well as being a member of the LGBTQ community um, and how that affected his relationship with his parents, his friends um, and people within that cult uh, and now sort of navigating life outside of it. And we also touch a bit on his faith um, and why he's chosen to hold on to that uh, instead of sort of letting that go um, you know, as, as part of his, uh, growth as a human. Um, and so it's a really interesting conversation. John is, is such a beautiful individual. Um, and, uh, I, I just love this conversation so much. Um, listening back to it, getting ready to, to release it, uh, today. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, enjoy my conversation with John Keister. I, I know we know each other, but I feel like we haven't, like, talked that often. It's it's definitely been a while since you and I have talked at all, I think.
1: But, right. And it's been more yeah. so far. Like, I was closer to your older sister than I was you.
0: Uh, K- was it Carrie? Yeah. Carrie.
1: Yep. Yeah. I know her really yeah. well.
0: I actually don't. I don't talk really to talk then. to any of my family at all. Oh, really? Anymore. Yeah.
1: Wow. Is it just because yeah. of religious stuff or what? Are they super much. IFB all the way, every yeah. hour, every day
0: mm-hmm. for yeah. a song? Yeah, they're still they still very much like gung ho on the whole IFB thing. Yeah. Um and they don't they don't like a lot of the decisions I've made on that front. Uh and then it just it gets tough, you know. I mean, like, well, dude, listen to me talking to you about like having it hard, um, being on the outside of the IFB, but like. It gets tough when it's because I, I just can't stomach it anymore. I like with all of my being, I hate like the whole IFB right. thing. Right. And um, so it's it's hard to it's just hard to talk to them because like they're so into it and they're they're still like so active. Right. Uh, and I'm not. And so now like we just don't really have anything to talk about. Um, right.
1: That's where it comes to like talking about like the weather and talking about what's going on in society a little bit, you know, like Mm -hmm. what are, you know, the Rose parades on TV today. (laughs) Yeah. And I
0: like, I hate small talk. I mean, I hate it with anyone, but like, yeah. So I like, I I just got to the point where I was like, "I, I think I'm good. I'm fine without it. Yeah. And then like, you know, anything I would post on social media or whatever, uh, would always start a fight so i just oh, yeah. blocked them all on social media too oh uh,
1: wow okay
0: yeah so now it's it's pretty much like i'll hear from my mom every now and then just like saying hey and they're praying for me yeah uh which i think that's their passive aggressive way of saying like anytime you want to come back yeah we'll take you back but,
1: yeah. yeah we got we got a box of bugles waiting for you yeah exactly <laughs> it's gonna be so great what's
0: are is it are you do you have the same experience with your family is it like is it tough with them?
1: I mean, I have probably, I, th- I think it's tough, but the thing is, it's more so that I've reached out to them more so than they've reached out to me. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. I've tried to keep the communication going. Um, I think my mom's well, good
0: the, on you. That's, that's big.
1: Well, that's my whole thing is, is that it's how can we, how can we, if we want people to love us where we are, how can we not love them where they are, even though they're super fucked up in our opinion? You know what I mean? And so that's where love shows up in those places where it looks totally like a mess you know and they are involved in something that's absolutely mind-boggling and like brainwashing and almost in a way um which is like um give all your money to church and then god's going to bless you with all this stuff but then meanwhile the pastor's wife gets cancer and dies you know like well obviously that's working out really great if we give all our money and that everything's supposed to go great, well, it doesn't always go great. You know what I mean? Yeah. So
0: I, I just, I like, yeah, good on you for like being the one to like reach out and try to keep that connection. Um, because I like, I mean like our, our experiences are, are obviously different. Um, but being on the, for me being on the outside and like looking back, it's, it's, it's hard for me to even want to, to like reach back out and they keep that connection alive because I'm like, we've talked about all of that so many times. Right. Um, and we both kind of know where each other stands and like, I don't know, like it, it turns my stomach that anybody is still part of that, but right. especially my family. And yeah. um, so like, I like there was a point where I just kind of stopped. Um, but that's like, that's without like the added layer of like being a, a gay man, right? Who has like come out of that, and then like is still trying. I mean, good for you. That's you're. I think you're a better person than I am. For <laughs> it's <that>. fine.
1: <laughs> We're just trying, you know. I mean, that's the whole. That's the whole thing. Is is that you know, like the coming out of it. You're afraid of fear because you see the fact that that your family was raised in fear, and they're still playing. In that ball field of fear and we're like yeah. you could literally walk off the field and not have to do all this crap and yeah they're so busy still playing the game it's like watching a soccer game like you could just step off the field and you're not playing soccer anymore because you're off the field you're out you know mm-hmm. um and they're still busy playing that so you don't want to really like go back on the field because you're like fuck i'm not supposed to say that on your show right we we're good. Oh humans. no, we, you we, say- we
0: say all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: So, yeah.
1: um, so I
0: don't, I don't think cursing and being a good human are mutually exclusive.
1: I Just hear you on that. Our- I, yeah. That was an old school trait. And again, yeah. fear, um, that somebody's mm-hmm. going to disown you or like disassociate with you because you said a word that they didn't like, Oh, I'm exactly. sorry. You know? <laughs> um, so that's the whole thing is that is like, and I also, cause I was going to, um, as I go to therapy and counseling and stuff like that, I was an a a counseling session with Jeremiah the other day, and um, and I realized that when I see fear in him, it freaks me the hell out because I'm afraid of that fear because he's so new at coming out of the IFB situation because um, yeah. his family's IFB as well, and yeah. um, both of his parents graduated from Hiles Anderson. Um, his aunt is Zana Richin, who was the president's. Um, oh you know, wow! I did president not know secretary, that. Um, so we're like it's like we're connected. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. intimately connected. Um, uh, so, come when you see when you see that fear and that connection being being run by fear with your family, it freaks me out because I'm like I don't want to go back to that place of where I'm afraid. Does God love me? Because. I'm eating a, a bag of Cheetos today, you know, or does God love me because I'm kissing the person that's got more skin in between their legs than the next person. Um, yeah. or does God love me because I'm dating somebody that's got darker skin than me? Because that's, there's a lot of racism in the IFB. I'm not saying yeah. that my family, your family, or anyone's family is racist. I'm just saying that it exists. Oh in, no, it's, it's, I'll, I'll
0: say I'd like, I've, I've heard plenty of racist comments from my family over yeah. the years. Yeah. Um, maybe not any more than anyone else in the IFB, but like it's, it's just, it's pervasive. So
1: yeah, of course. Yeah. I I think I told, I think i talked to somebody about that, about like how, like I remember when I had a family that was from like off the boat from like Nigeria or something like that, that wanted to come to church and we weren't allowed to bring them because they considered them to be number twos. And I was like, are you freaking serious? Like there's actually, you guys have made up a term called the number twos in your ministry. That's what you came up with. And so these kids can't come to church and learn about Jesus because we're so, we got to go reach the world. We'll pay thousands of dollars to send a missionary to another country to witness to people. But we sure as hell can't witness to people that are in Chicago that can literally drive across the street to go to church. You know what I mean? Because they're, well,
0: not here. We're, we're going to them, John. We can't. You yeah. can't minister to them here.
1: No. We have that's to different. go we have to go to Nigeria in order to minister <clears throat> to them, even though they <clears throat> already live here.
2: <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's just that's bomb- crazy. zonkers. But that's what I'm saying is like the whole fear based thing, you go back into that and it's it freaks me out because I don't want to go back into it. And that's why it's scary for a lot of people to go back and touch point with people that are in that spot because it's really freaking tough because you don't want to get sucked back into that shitstorm. Um And so it's difficult to love people in that place. And so that's what the that's what we're called to do is to love people in places that don't look nice and aren't great and are rough. You know, John,
0: you are you are blowing my mind right now and you are, <laughs> you're convicting me in Sorry. a good way. No, it's good because I like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm realizing like, as you're talking about this, I, I think that's exactly what's happening in me mm-hmm. um, because so much of me hates all of it right. and there is definitely a, a huge part of me that does not like, I have nightmares that I'm enrolled at Hiles Anderson and, <laughs> And I'll, like, I'll, right. like, wake up at one point, like, in my dream, like, I'll just yeah. have this moment where I'm, like, how the hell did I get here? Like, yeah. I don't want this. I don't want to be here. Why would I do this? Right. Um, there's a big part of me that's, like, that's deathly afraid of being, like, sucked back in. Yeah. Uh, dude, I, I think I think you literally just diagnosed <laughs> what is going on <laughs> with me and my right? family. right. That's, I've never thought about it that way, but like, so like being afraid of that fear, like essentially what you're saying is like, you, you don't want to, you're, when you see that in other people, it triggers something in you that says you don't want to go back to that mode of operation that like,
1: right. I've, I've seen this, I've seen this place before and it freaks me the hell out and I don't want to go back there. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want to even communicate sometimes with people in that space and I'm afraid to even communicate with them because I don't want to go back into that. Well, well, Second Timothy two blank 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 says um, you should do this and that and this, and, and I'm just like, uh, uh, like your brain just like starts flipping like triggers all over the place because you're like your concept of what you think that the Bible is it may be completely different. So them just even discussing a a super specific verse in Second Timothy or something like that just doesn't even like register on your radar and you don't even want to go there with them you know what i mean yeah because it's just mind-boggling fuckery in a Mm -hmm. way um on certain topics you know i'm not saying every topic like them having a you know having a whole chapter designated to love and saying love's the maximum thing when jesus kind of we you know what is it uh, matthew mark luke and john all I believe wrote that Jesus said that to love your neighbor as yourself and all, you know, that's the the main thing. So we got four people that said that Jesus said this. So I'm just going to assume that maybe he said something like that. All right. Right. Um, Or maybe they were just getting really bad pictures, you know? Um, So if he did say something to the tune of that, you should love your neighbor as yourself, then you know, that's a great thing, and that's a testimony that it's hard to dispute with the fact that four different people are connecting this thing, the dot, and saying that, hey, you know, you should love your neighbor um, at, to the level that you love yourself. And the question is, do people in the IFB um, and, and a lot of higher church um, places in general, regardless of what you name it, um, whether it's Scientology or Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness or Baptist Presbyterian, I don't care what the name is. The fact is like when you're in that higher level of churchified place and you have to be a certain way, um, you know, is you don't even you, when us coming from that place, we don't even register with that anymore. So yeah. it's difficult. It's difficult for us to even handle talking to people in that place because it is so freaking crazy. Um, yeah. I'm just... I.
0: So I'm curious because you're you you would you still consider yourself a Christian, right? As, I do. No. I, 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 I think I'm assuming things, but...
1: I do to a certain level. Um, I, I just... This is my feeling on the matter. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe they He rose again from the grave. I believe that He did all that for us. And I also believe that God is powerful enough to love every person in this whole world. And even those people who have not heard the name of Christ, that i think that god's powerful enough to save them if he so chooses and also also if you actually believe what the scriptures does does say or what what paul or not paul but john said like that that christ came to um not to condemn the world but the world through him might be saved so did was Jesus, was was he actually trying to save the whole world or was he just trying to get the, the IFB folk or was he just trying to get all the Catholic people or was he just trying to get only Presbyterian or only the people who go to church on Sunday? Like, I think that if, if he, if Jesus was God and he is, or was all powerful, then he would have the power to do whatever the H he wanted to. And he doesn't need you to say a prayer to him or to ask him in order for him to do what he needs to do. Does that make sense, dude?
0: You're a hundred percent. So you're you're hitting on something that I've I've been thinking and talking a lot about recently. Which mm-hmm. is, um, and one of my one of my other guests, uh, Phil Drysdale, who lives um, in England, actually, um, right. and was a pastor's son, went to a seminary and everything. Right. Um, <clears throat> he was on the podcast not long ago, and one thing that he was saying was like, God God commands us. If if we believe the Bible is is like God's word or whatever there's a lot of different ways to think about the Bible but in the Bible we are commanded to to love and forgive unconditionally.
2: Right.
0: Um and that means forgive people without any reparations from them, forgive mm-hmm. people without them ever asking for forgiveness or apologizing or anything. Without them doing anything we're supposed to forgive those people. Okay. And then he was like if that's what we're being told to do, if that's what God wants us to do, how would he hold us to a higher standard than he's holding himself? Right. Meaning, why, how would this all-powerful God say, you have to forgive unconditionally even if people don't ask you to, but you have to ask me to save your soul before I'll do it. Right. Because I'm not going to force myself on you. Yeah. So, like, it just doesn't make any sense. There are so many there are just so many like it's, you would think black and white things about all of this that they just don't mesh. Right. Um, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance anyway in the whole thing. So what's one more, I guess, but what, what I'm curious about is like having, um, so, so your, your experience in the IFB movement and in, in, the Christian realm in general just being a Christian it's it's not it's it's extremely difficult to be a gay man and also be a Christian um i, mm-hmm. I would say that's that's probably a pretty universal truth yeah. and then especially like within the IFB circles to be a gay man and like to to have that as your like upbringing and background how how did you s- stay like how how are you still a Christian at all not like I'm not that's not like me saying like "Why would you you know like I'm not criticizing you for it I'm yeah. I'm just genuinely curious like what held you because like to me that's huge too like it, I think for most people that would that alone would be enough to say fuck it I'm out like forget all of it right. you know this is for me right but you somehow like I don't know I like overcome that or like you know push that aside to see, I guess, the bigger picture or I'm just curious, like what that looks like for you.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like, um, you know, growing up in this, um, atmosphere, um, you, you don't I think that I think the, I think the biggest thing for me personally is that I just wasn't aware, if that makes any sense, of sure. who and how I was because we were just in the program seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. I mean, just basic countdown: Sunday morning, um, pick up people on the bus, bring them to church, sing songs on the bus, um, sing songs at church, learn scripture verses, learn scripture songs at church. Um, take kids home on the bus after, after church, um, you know, and then, and then come home, take a nap, um, on Sunday evening before, before we even went to church on Sunday morning, we had a family devotion and breakfast with the family. Wow. Um, um, and that was on a, that's on a Sunday. Okay. Then we brought people, we took a nap in the afternoon, went to a sun, evening Sunday school at six o'clock and then went to an evening church at seven o'clock, go to bed, wake up, go have family, no, hold on a second, before family, we have to wake up at like six, six 30 in the morning, read four to five chapters out of the Bible every single day of the year, Monday through Friday, at least. Um, and we had to, uh, then, then we got to shower um, family devotions after we read four to five chapters of the Bible every morning. Um, and then, um, and then we go to church school, church school. And then we go and have devotions again um, at, at school, um, go to you know Christian school stuff all day long memorizing verses through our you know and learning about the Lord every single hour of every day and then so that's that's uh, the same schedule um, Monday Tuesday Wednesday we had uh, choir and we had uh, teen soloning and then uh, Wednesday night church and then um, choir again after church um, that we just had choir before. Um, again, and then, and then we had a chapel service, same, same schedule on Thursday, chapel service on Thursday, same schedule on Friday, Saturday, wake up bus meeting, um, men's breakfast, um, not in that order, but, um, and then go out and visit buses and then go pick people up on Sunday. I mean, all over again, we were just in that. So my, my point in, in saying all that is that we're just unaware of who we are and making choices for ourselves. Because you've never had to make a choice. You just go to church and you just do whatever's going on at church. So, who you are and um, making decisions is very in the background in a way, Mm -hmm. I feel. Um, And there's
0: no, there's no, there's no like, there's zero sex education. Yeah. So, that's like the other part of it is like we're not being taught that there are different ways to be. To your point, you're just, it's just, this is how everybody does.
1: Right. And we're just going along the trail of this is what's happening. And, and I'm not, I'm not upset about it. I think the atmosphere I grew up in was fantastic. Like for just being a kid and growing up in an atmosphere of like camaraderie and like niceness overall, if you're, if you're straight and you grow up in this, in this, in this field, I mean, awesome like
0: see it's kids everywhere just would
1: love to be in that position that it is it is rich bitch white central it's fantastic
0: it's so interesting to me to hear you say that because like i looking back so i was not aware uh, to your point right and as a child as a a kid like what actually was going on looking back on it though like i i don't know like i hate all of it and maybe like maybe maybe i'm just very bit maybe just the place i'm in is very bitter right now like right that's the season i'm in but um i don't know it's it's interesting to me to like to hear like i we, it's not bad yeah. that you recall it fondly that's yeah. fine um, we
1: grew up in rich bitch white privilege and it's fantastic and there's a reason why people do it it's it's really really freaking great now that it's, makes
0: sense to me like there's there is an incentive there to like it is it is like the um it is very stepford wives yeah, totally. The the experience,
1: yeah. It's it's amazing. You have the Christmas play and the Christmas program and the kids' activities and sports and everything. I mean, like, there's a lot of really great aspects um, to the programming, but there's a lot of really great aspects to uh, Scientology, and there's a lot of really great aspects to any, sure. any group out there. You know what I mean? I don't care what group it is. You're going to have good things with it, but the problem is, and this is what the biggest thing is, is that there's no allowance for dissent and there's no allowance for anyone to say you come in the middle of a room and somebody takes a giant dump on the floor and somebody points at it in an ifb church everyone's gonna freak the hell out because you Mm -hmm. said something is in the middle of the floor in the room you know what i mean um, and if and so that's why we have this problem with like the whole predator thing in churches that there was all these articles that came out over yep. is is because you come in and say like literally in my home church that I grew up in stuff was going on in my home church that I grew up in like yeah. um, the pastor of the church that I came to work for was banging the sixteen year old girl in his office supposedly oh supposedly while he's chasing me all over town for being gay you know um, so it's um, crazy like he like he even came down and like came to Florida while we were on vacation like spied on us while we were while we were just to see if I was gay and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> it's just like so weird man um so it, it's like that's crazy it's, that's the whole thing is like my back in my home church so what I was just saying is that um, that um, people are saying hey there's an issue with this and everyone's like oh you're like they're they're saying to the people that are, they're speaking up about it and saying hey we've got an issue here we need to look into this um, they're saying like oh you're you're a you know church splitter or home wrecker or cancer or yeah. something like this it's just mind-boggling because we just have all this love for this one person who is eating everybody's lunch you know yeah. <laughs> before lunchtime and um, and <laughs> nobody's yeah. everyone's like doesn't want anyone to say anything about it and and um, it's interesting because I was just listening to the radio the other day they said that there was like 200 um 200 priests or whatever had been yeah. transferred from uh, from from uh, Pennsylvania down to Maryland and all these people are yeah, still here that. they're trying to raise the um, <clears throat> age um, what do you call it the limit thing for lawsuits to be unlimited. Oh, the statute of limitations. Um, statute of limitations are trying to raise yeah. it in Maryland because um, there's still a bunch of those priests that are here in Maryland right now that were just transferred because. So, anyways, the whole point is that there's a lot of good stuff in the programming, and going back to is that we are just unaware as kids because we're just going along with the flow of all this, sure. um, and somebody somebody comes in and says, Hey, there's a problem in this, nobody wants to hear about it, and no one wants to do anything about it because the program's going okay and my kids are in it now and my new kids and all the grand yeah. all the grandkids are in it and no one wants to rock the boat to say, Hey, there's a problem here and we need to fix it. And so all that going back to is that us just not being aware and just going with the flow of the system and no one ever said anything about it. And no one wants to fix anything we would just kick all the gay kids out of school because they're gay and we, sure. if we found out about it you know what i mean and we yep. would um and we would just kick all the kids that got pregnant out of school or we, yep. anyone that's being naughty or whatever any sign of like you're not on the boat on the program you are gone you were just yep. gone and you're out of here so that's 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 why we grew up in that kind of like unaware space programming in a way some some people were aware and and a lot of us weren't because we were just going along with the program
0: yeah so how do you how do you get from the place of like you're unaware and then you start to wake up to like oh there are other ways to be um and i can make decisions and then once you're at that point like you know like you're like you're still uh, you know, you still believe and you're still like, you know, like in, in that realm, like, but you know, sort of on the other side, like, right. How do you get, how do you get to where you are now from,
1: from, from that, that place. place? Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I talked, I've talked to this bit before me and my brother touched each other's like junk or whatever. When we were six, <laughs> I was like 14 and he was 12 think- or something like that. I think, um,
0: I think most kids do stuff like that. I yeah. like, I just laugh because like everybody who is slightly conservative yeah. that heard that is like, Oh my God. Right. But like, I, I feel like that's a thing kids do yeah. and just nobody wants to talk
1: about it. And, and I've and going to therapy. A lot of therapists have told me that, um, that this happens in families and, um, yeah, it, it, it happened. It happened like maybe twice. And my parents were like, don't do that again. And so it never happened again. <laughs> so yeah, Um, but meanwhile, I was treated like, I was like this rapist or something like this as like a 14 year old kid. Just because you were older? Yeah, exactly. Because I was the older one and I was going through this. And also, um, that there wasn't really like a whole, there wasn't really a conversation about this or, you know, as to what's going on. I don't know. Either that or I just was not in sync to get what was being talked about if there was a talk going on. You know what I mean? I, I would I would
0: assume you're right that there wasn't one because there's just there's just not a lot of that happening anyway yeah um so yeah you're you're probably right that there wasn't one at all
1: yeah because well if there was one I didn't get it so there take, yeah. it, take it you know what I mean um so I um anyways one day um I I started realizing I liked guys because but um. Uh, the pastor there was pastor Dobson and he was always speaking about men's breakfast. He talked so much about homosexuality and all the like ins and outs of it. And how people are going in each other's butts and stuff like this. And I was like, I wouldn't know anything about this. Had you not just had a breakdown of exactly how this works, you know what I mean? Um, And then I would go home and like be like, how does that, how exactly are people, people are like doing each other in the butt um, sorry, I don't know if that's like a little graphic no, for your world, no, but good. I mean, it's it's like I was just like it's um, it was just a little Funkalicious, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um because yeah. I'm here intriguing. Yeah, um, because yeah. I'm like that's just is so weird that I was like two guys, like I know what a guy looks like, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I'm like two guys are like just like they're they're having sex in each other's butt. I was like that's so weird, you know. I just thought it was so funky and. It's kind of weird that two guys would even like each other you know i didn't i guess really what's interesting to me is though as i had more of an introduction to what and how homosexuality worked from just going to church and yeah. um and i don't i don't even know if that i've i've i would have identified it as being such had it not it just not been blown in my face every every freaking weekend mm-hmm. you know what i mean um i've heard
0: other people say the same thing like if if the church wasn't so upset for some reason, especially the IFP, but like, I think most modern conservative Christianity is pretty obsessed with sex.
2: Oh,
1: totally. Um, totally.
0: And if the church wasn't so obsessed with it, it, it the church fetishizes it by like preaching about it so much and, yeah. and being so obsessed with it that it, it becomes a bigger deal to that, like hormonal kids right. than it would have been probably otherwise.
1: I totally agree on that dude. Um, so then like, I remember like I and then I was like thinking about guys being together or something like this for whatever reason. I had my like first wet dream on this like thing and I was like, oh, my God, you know, So you didn't
0: even really know up until this point.
1: I didn't know. No, I didn't like have some sort of like, you know, major. I thought guys were beautiful. Like I thought like this guy's really beautiful. But I think every guy does that, though, because just like girls pick apart. I can say, yeah yeah objectively
0: that, like there are guys that i'm like oh my gosh like
1: how am i supposed to stand up to that you know yep right Yep. and it happens and i've heard like completely guys that are completely straight tell me like oh you know my my cousin you know he's he's absolutely beautiful and like i you know like i could never mm-hmm. like compete with him in that dating scene or whatever you know mm-hmm. what i mean um yeah. and so it goes both ways. Girls know that other girls look good and guys know that other guys look good or worse than them or personality-wise or whatever. So that's all going on. So I remember liking guys and knowing that other guys were beautiful and admiring other guys and stuff like that. Um, for some reason, um, when I was 16, I, which I looked like I was 11 when I was 16, um, <laughs> um, so this guy, when I was working at McDonald's, like asked me for my phone number. Um, when I was working at McDonald's and I was like, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he was like, yeah, we should hang out sometime. And I was like, okay, let's hang out. You know? But the thing is like, I was just so, the blood was like pumping through my body. Like, whoa. Sure. You know what I mean? And just cause I don't know if it was just cause of it, the attention this, this person showed me or because it was a fact it was a guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's all new
1: yeah and it was just so yeah. interesting um anyways this guy took me out one day and like gave me a bj in the park i never saw his junk at all i don't know what it even looks like i mean you could flash <laughs> a picture in front of me i have no clue because i never saw it you know what i mean yeah. um anyways but it felt really good but the thing is i was so upset i felt so dirty um and i never told anyone uh, see that's anyone that's a shame. exactly it's it's just like it's something that happened and also mm-hmm. this guy was like I think 28 or something like that when this happened. So I was definitely not probably a legal age at this moment of my life. Right, um, right. but at the same point though, I feel like I was kind of already leaning that direction. Um, mm-hmm. the fact that I even entertained that, you know what I mean? And yeah, walked into that. Um, I was just, I was interested in it and open to it and, um, not surprised that it happened if it makes sense, you know? Um, yeah. So but now
0: you're, and now you're dealing with like the guilt on top of that though.
1: Yeah. I just felt awful and I didn't tell anybody. And then, um, and I, meanwhile, I was still, I was started just, the internet was just coming out. Um, yeah, yeah. I was looking at pictures of guys online and stuff like this. I was talking in, um, AOL chat rooms and stuff like this with guys. There was a M for M chat rooms back in the day. Um, dude,
0: that's, that's such a throwback AOL <laughs> chat rooms. For yes. my younger listeners, yes. we didn't have texting back in the day. We had to get on a dial up internet connection yes. on a computer yes. and talk to people through an instant messenger. Yes. That was connected that was like provided by our internet service provider, which was right. also the way we accessed the internet. Yes. Dude, and, it's bizarre how far we've come. <laughs> I know.
1: And I remember, like, trying to get pictures of guys that would be downloading up on my, like, they would have Yahoo like photos. Like, line by line. It would be line by line and stuff like yeah. that. And you're we like, oh, my God, it ended at the pecs and they didn't get to see... The suspense. The suspense. Because <laughs> <laughs> the computer froze and the internet connection yeah. froze. And you were just so pissed. And now you could just get, like, hours of streaming. You know, you could download 75 hours of video yeah. in the next five minutes if you wanted to. Yep. You know, so it's just, like, insane how far it's come. But it... It was, it was just crazy um, going from that. And then when I turned 18, I went to visit one of the guys that I um, had talked to for two years online and, um, And I remember um, this guy like got some of that um, stuff that comes out of you um, in my eye, (laughs) and um, I thought I was going—I thought I got AIDS or something like this because it got in my eye. And then if you get that stuff in your eye, it makes your eye turn all red and stuff like that, and you'll be okay. But um, it was awful because I was so upset and pissed because I thought this guy like got me sick or something like this, you know? Because it was still so so new. I was completely uneducated about HIV, completely uneducated about like how this all works and stuff like that. Um,
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, it's such a shame because like, so you're 18, you're like, you're going and doing something new and like, this is obviously very exciting. Yeah. But at the same time, like you don't, you don't have any of the, like just the basic information that you need. So like something, something that like, I'm sure was exciting, was like thrilling turns into like, you know, then you get upset because you just don't know how things work. (laughs) Exactly. And so like, you know, like versus somebody who, who maybe had like a quote unquote normal upbringing. Yeah. Um, can like look back on like one of their, you know, some of their first sexual experiences is like, Oh my God, that was, you know, like it was so great. great." And like all this stuff. And, and there's this added layer because of all the like, uh, sheltering and like, just, like you were talking about the fear right. around all of this, instead of addressing it, it's just kind of like, they, it's neglect. It's like, it doesn't exist. It's like sexuality just isn't a thing. Right. It's and not then you end addressed. up in situations where you're like, w- now what's going to, you know, I got come in my eye. What's going to happen? <laughs> you know?
1: Right. Exactly. That's crazy. I mean, like, it's just like bazonkers. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's, and, and I'm, I was like, um, this dude wanted to like, like, you know, fuck and stuff like that and i was like not having it like i was like i don't want to fuck i was like i don't know how to do any of that like i just was not comfortable with doing it anytime um and anyways um i so then i i um i met with this guy and i did stuff with him and then um anyways my best friend at the time um found out about me um being gay and stuff like this after this happened um um, and because i was writing to guys on a comp- on a, the internet and my him and my brother had found the search history or whatever or the the actual emails because it used uh, to save yeah. like everything you know yeah. um, so they found all the stuff and printed it all out and then anyways um so i got shipped down t- instead of going to um college in california around San francisco it would have been really interesting um, <laughs> <laughs> i went to college at Hiles anderson in indiana Damn. you know what was interesting, so though
0: that was, is how you ended up at that's
1: how i was in it because of this circumstance of me um getting put like kind of pushed out of the closet in a way but the weird thing is is though is that is that it was never really acknowledged though it it was acknowledged that i had this and this was going on but nobody like did anything about it if that makes any sense it was like just like push you on to the next thing you know um so Hmm. basically shoved under the carpet by Uh, Family, parents, church, school, everything. I was just like shipped off to Oklahoma for the rest of the summer to live with my grandparents. So there, and then. So there
0: wasn't even an effort to like. I don't agree with this, but there wasn't even there wasn't an effort to like scare you straight or like, you know, like there wasn't there was no like attempt at like no changing you. It was just like, okay, that's not good, but let's just see if we can
1: move forward. You know,
0: yeah. Right. So at least Dude, my pa- you know, it's like, that's so sad too. Like for it's the way they would have acknowledged it is not good. Yeah. I, but it's so, it's, it's so sad to me that it wasn't even acknowledged.
1: <laughs> it's what's it's so weird to me though, is, is that nobody sat down and be like, Hey, um, John, you are, uh, what we'd like to call very gay. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> And super. you should, like super <laughs> duper um like you're obviously attracted to men and so um maybe yeah. it would be best for you to find a path somewhere in there to w- that you can live into who you are but instead mm-hmm. it was like just go to the next step and try to do great mm-hmm. and i'm just like okay so then I well, would what does the, it do What's that? what does it
0: do to your mentality and your psyche to to like to not to to not even have that acknowledged like
1: because we, this, this is the thing, is that, so what happens after that is the next two years, I'm just bawling my eyes out at Hal Anderson trying to be like, God, why don't you heal me? Why don't you take care of this, you know? Um, so I didn't really interact with another person until that after a couple, a couple years, because, and I just think about, like, these young people that are coming out that know about this and that that, that they're this way so young that yeah. like I just think about all the, the experiences that I've missed out on in a way from yeah. the years yeah. that, cause I was just so stuck in that I had to do it this way and I was trying to fit into the cookie cutter. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's really mind boggling. Honestly, there's just so much to say about it. Cause there's, um, it's, yeah. it was, it was so backward. Um, like my parents sent me to counseling when my, me and my brother touched each other's um, stuff and then, um, we, um, um, I went to counseling, but I just memorized scripture and talked about the Lord and stuff like that. And then they were like, mm-hmm. okay, you're great. And I was like, okay, because, and this is the thing i I keep saying this, um, over and over is that we were raised in a culture that only when you're doing something, is it bad? And right. when you're not doing it, you're okay. So whether you're, they're not, they don't address the desire set. Right. Because they, they, Scripture even says that God gives us the desires of our heart. That's not saying he gives us what we want. He actually gives us the desires that are in our heart. That right. means the that – The things
0: that lead to what we yeah. do and want. But
1: Right. And yeah. so we're running around telling everybody that they're supposed to that, – that, um, that their desire set is um, – that you're only gay. Like when I pick up this case right here, I'm gay right now. And then I set it down and now I'm not gay. And I pick it back up yeah. and now I'm gay. And I set it down. And I'm not gay. So it's that kind of thinking that we were raised in is the reason why I then go and get married to a girl and married to Krista and was with her for five years. Um, the, my parents came to the wedding. My siblings came to the wedding. Um, my sisters Robin and uh, Liz I'm pretty sure both told her I was gay I've heard that Matt Burkhead and Shane Burkhead told him not, told Krista I was gay beforehand um, wow. Ray Young <clears throat> Ray Young um, called Cameron Giovanelli um, and told him I was gay before I came to work out here I think he already knew I was gay before because um, two of my best friends from high school um, went to college with him um, knew I was gay um everyone's calling and well, telling cameron each was, other
2: cameron.
1: cameron
0: was focused on other things uh, <laughs> at that point so he was, he was, <laughs> i shouldn't i shouldn't joke about it it's not funny no, but like but cameron cameron was was yeah. had his own stuff going on at exactly the
1: time. exactly
0: uh, so he was probably like yeah whatever
1: yeah so he was like oh what's another dude up in here that's boinking dudes you know what i mean and then also it puts krista in a compromised position too because he already knows that she's fair game um because Mm -hmm. um she's in a compromised position you know what i mean so why not support a marriage for somebody that you think is beautiful um to be working at your facility who you know is compromised and then then see the possibility of your assistant pastor just literally getting in a car with her, whether they kissed, made out, came on each other's faces. I don't know who cares, but yeah. the fact that that somebody else came in and even looks like they're taking your fruit and then you yep. get pissed and fire all of them. And mm-hmm. so seven full-time staff members was it seven, six, no, no, it was one, two, three, four, five, no, five full-time staff members all gone within a matter of seven days. In a church, that's, that's a lot in a small. That is a lot in a, in a small church. Yeah. you know what I mean. So and we're
0: talking. This this was a church of like what two hundred.
1: Um, there's probably like five hundred people that showed up. Five hundred. Okay, yeah. still a
0: lot. That's Eastern still a lot.
1: Size, Yeah, but there's still a lot of staff members just to be like, hey, yeah. you're here one day and now you're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, anyways, it was it was just bizarre But the whole idea of that we're addressing things as being, um, as being that it's just your desire set. It's just the action is not even addressed just the action thing. So that's why, well, I-
0: dude, that's what leads to people like Cameron, right? Like doing what he did. So like for, for anybody that's not aware, we're talking about Cameron Giovanelli, um, who was, who was one of, one of the focuses of the recent round of like investigations and like articles and things like that. Um, right. that just came out about a lot of pastors and, and ministry workers having, uh, inappropriate relations with, minors and like someone right. I think that investigation is ongoing Cameron's mm-hmm. but um it, it the re I've I keep saying this mm-hmm. to like other people I know you right. agree with me on this but like I keep saying this to other people until the all of the underlying ideology mm-hmm. is addressed right that is going to keep happening right we're we're literally like right now we're like finding out about a bunch of them and we're prosecuting and that's wonderful I hope they go to jail forever mm-hmm. but in another 15 20 years we're going to be doing this all over again right and the Catholic if we don't, Church don't address everything thing. underneath it exactly yeah. exactly because we're we're creating more of those like the right. the, the boys that are growing up right now yep. 15 16 years old that are learning that women are less than that yep. that you can abuse your authority right. that sex is you know Whatever something you want. to be suppressed and right. yeah and, and you can use your power all kinds of ways like we're teaching 15 year old, 16 year old boys this right now. Yep. Who are going to be pastors in another 15, 20 years. Yep. And are going to do the same thing. Now, like, that doesn't take the personal responsibility off of them. Like, no. Each individual is, you're responsible for your own actions, but right. you're setting somebody up to do something like that when you're raising them in that kind of an environment.
1: Exactly. When the environment says that. Um, you're only you're only this person when you do that thing, um, and that's that's another reason why people go to AA is the whole yeah. recognition that I'm an alcoholic all day and yep. not just when Always. I drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they're they're trying to drill that into you and say, hey, you need to recognize the fact that you have this desire set in you, and you need to recognize it at every single moment of the day and you yeah. need to flip the coin, you need to go to the meeting, you need to do all this stuff in order so that you can recognize the fact that, hey, this is here and it's present with me and I see it for what it is and I'm not mm-hmm. trying to cover it up. So meanwhile, Jack Scop is like, you know, fucking 16-year-old girl in the office and then fucking her, if he would, this is what I keeps telling people, is like if he would have stayed in the church at First Baptist Church of Hammond and like brought her out on the platform and had a live porno session on the platform, he would probably not be in jail right now, but simply for the fact that he crossed state lines that he got in trouble, you know what I mean? And and it's the whole covering up of the fact that this is just not, this is just who I am, but I have to be this other thing in this other place and I'm going to conform to whatever I have to be in order to be all things to all men in a way, you know what I mean? Yep. So I just morph into whatever I'm supposed to be over here, over there, over there, instead of just being, this is me. I'm a flat line all the way across the board, wherever I'm at, this is who I am. And not that I have to be this here and I have to be that there. And that also I'm addressing my desire set. If my desire set is that I like other dudes, then it is not fair to a female for me to come in and be like, Hey, I should get in a marriage with you because I like throwing dudes on the bed and fucking. Um, yeah, like, you're not gonna get throw a girl in the bed and fuck her the right way if you like throwing dudes on the bed and fucking them. Okay, yeah, it's just not gonna work. And you can say, hey, oh, I only when I'm only fucking dudes, I'm gay, and when I'm when I'm fucking girls, then I'm straight. So yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe you're bi, but you know, so. It's that.
0: which is possible, but like even that, like nobody's going to acknowledge, like in these in the circles we're talking about, nobody's going to acknowledge that either. <laughs> it's it, you have to just be one
1: thing. Exactly. That's why it's kind of interesting. Like, um, like I'm dating Jeremiah right now and, um, Jeremiah is, um, he told his parents three years ago that he's gay and, um, they, it doesn't really hit home for anybody until you actually bring another dude home and they're like, Oh, Oh who's who's that you know what i mean so it's never really acknowledged because there's all this hope and change going on in everybody's mind that you're gonna like conform to everything that you were told to do because also none of the kids were ever able to make any decisions growing up because you're just you just have to do this because if you want to live here you have to do that you know what i mean so it's like you just have no life experience when you come out at 18, I went to college, not even knowing you had to pick a major in college. I got a letter from Mr. Stubblefield and he was like, you need to pick something. And I was like, <laughs> um, what am I supposed to mark? So I marked four admissions cause it sounded cool and it had a diverse program, but I had no idea. I was at college already. I was the valedictorian yep. of my 10 people class and I had no idea what I was even there for because I was going to go take math, social studies, science, and English. You know Dude I mean?
0: same. I uh <laughs> I had so like I I graduated from HB. Right. Um cuz we moved there my senior year, the summer before my senior Hello. year. So I went to HB for a year. Right. Um Hello. which meant like I got to meet with Pastor Scott like after I graduated JK. before I went to college to like talk about what I should do with my life. Right. And I remember so like all growing up I, because I was a pastor's kid and like there's there's a certain amount of pressure to go into ministry even if you're not a pastor's kid. Right. But because I was a pastor's kid there was a lot of pressure to to be a pastor, to go into like the pastoral program. Yeah, of course. And I remember I remember telling Scott like I don't think I don't think I would be good at that. I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do. Uh-huh. Uh So I don't know what to do because like, I I feel like, I feel like that's what people are telling me I'm supposed to do. Right. I don't feel I like, I don't want to do it. I have, I don't think I'd be good at it. Right. And I remember like the counseling session that was supposed to be like, Hey, let's sit down and talk about literally your entire future. Right. What you're going to do with your life's work. Right. I remember him telling me, well, if, if the, People of God in your life are telling you that this is what you're supposed to do. You should probably do it. <laughs> and he didn't like. He didn't know me well enough to like right. speak into my life really like on that level. So that I think that's why he was like relying on like everyone else that told me I was supposed to do this. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd only known him for a year and like you have minimal contact anyway. Like, he's like yeah passing, exactly. like a seven thousand person congregation. Right. But so like I walked out of that office like bummed. Thinking like, well, I guess this is what I have to do, even though I don't want to and don't think I'm going to be good at it. Right. So I spent two years of college in the pastoral program, going to church ed and like all this other stuff. Yeah. And hating all of it. Right. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't until two years in I changed my major to education. Right. Which I s- also didn't want to do, but at least it was better than pastoral theology. Because um, those but, classes so
1: I, are bullshit. I'm sorry, oh, they're like. so,
0: they're <laughs> terrible. Like... Uh, I'm trying to think of like the the craziest classes I took. In like Colossians, really?
1: Do we need to have a oh, class yeah. on Colossians for real? Yeah. And then
0: we have we have a failed lawyer teaching us Hebrews, um, <laughs> and like all this stuff, like like guys that couldn't hack it in the real world, and so they go to be professors at an unaccredited, you know, Christian college. Oh it's God, crazy! But just, all that to say, say, I I can very much identify with the feeling of like not even knowing basic. Yeah. Things like how to pick a major and, and like, you know, I, I, I didn't even know how to sign up for classes. I was like right. asking everyone else, like, I don't even know what I'm doing in right. the admissions line.
1: You right. Know? Right. What are, what does this mean? Like there yeah. was no clear path. I mean, make a freaking video people or something like show <laughs> us how to do this. It's not that freaking hard to instruct the, the, the youth on like how to walk through yeah. the process. I mean, like it would have been nice to have literally anything to yeah. like guide through that process. I was I was so sick my first year too because like I don't know if there was mold in the dorms or something like that I just wasn't used to the Indiana flavor um, and then I mean they, you were they,
0: you had a lot of stress on you too I'm sure that was probably part of it.
1: like yeah it was uh it was it was crazy those first couple of years and then um, gosh and then getting married and then moving out to Maryland and and then um, the thing is is like the entire time I was still like like messing around with guys, like it never stopped. This never went away, um, and then finally, I was sent to a counseling session to get healed. To do EMDR therapy, which is where you look back and forth at these lights, and they're supposed to bring up all the times because you're supposed to mimic your REM sleep, and, um, hmm. and you're supposed to look at these lights, and it's supposed to bring up all the times you got screwed around with when you were a kid or something like this. And I'm sitting there, and this lady's like, yeah, um, you're, um, you're, um, she's like, I'm not gonna give you this treatment. I'm like, uh, what? It's like 40 bucks. I was like, I'll give you 40 bucks, just do it. And she's like, I'm not gonna give it to you. She's like, I am going to sit down over here. She's like, John, you're gay. You're treating your wife like shit. Um, you either need to, wow. you either need to, and this is a Christian counseling set, center place, and I was like, unbelievable. Like, this lady's got, like, balls of steel on her yeah, like um yeah. and good for her yeah exactly to stand up and say hey like i see this for what it is like you're gay and you can either address the fact of living into being gay so i was so mad at her because she didn't heal me um that I didn't pay her so i still owe her the 40 dollars copay um and <laughs> so i th- think at she this sent point, me the you collections. Were still like
0: <laughs> so at this point you were still hoping like it would go away like this this yeah you weren't identifying with it at this point still you were like no. I can be different.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then like two weeks later, um, and then like, I think Kristen moved out a couple weeks after this, um, is I just was like, you know what this, it is what it is. This is what has been going on with me this whole entire time. It's never stopped. And I don't foresee it changing, you know? And I, and that's the point also where I said, I'm giving this to God. And if God wants to change me, he can change me. You know what I mean? I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, I I always tell other people this. Like I don't stick a strawberry gel in my mouth, and then I get to decide that I like it. My body yeah. just says I like this, and then like you put like a giant <laughs> a, you put a pickle in my mouth, and I'm like ugh. I just don't like the flavor. Some people are like, oh my god, love pickles, love that flavor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't mind it on a sandwich sometimes, like a Chick Fil A sandwich or something like this, but. Um, you know, most times, so I don't get to decide that my body says, hey, I like this thing or I don't like it. And right. same thing is that God puts us, puts that inside of us and says, hey, you either get to, to accept this or you can try to reject it as much as you want. You can go to all the classes and write a book about it and say, all of this is really, really bad. Or you can just say, hey, God made me this way. And if God wants to change this in my world, then he totally can. God can totally, you know, make me not like guys." whenever he? whenever he's ready if he wants to you know what i mean so yeah yeah exactly well why would he why i mean what what does he get some sort of benefit out of positive or negative you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's it's like just it's that letting go process and saying that hey this is where god has me right now and i'm letting go of this and that's why i can still go to church and i can still meet with other people because i go to a place where I'm imperfect and I realize you're imperfect as well. And I think that it'd be great if you didn't eat bags of Cheetos all day, you know, but (laughs) I can't control everybody and I can't make people not eat Cheetos or go to Taco Bell and stuff down a Taco Bell box. You know what I mean? I can't make people do that. Um, So I'm, I'm just going to let people be where they are. And that's the whole thing is we have to love people where they are. And when it seems like they are in a bad spot, Um, we still, I just literally got off the phone. Somebody talked about this, um, um, like Jeremiah's parents are having a rough time because people are coming in and saying, Hey, I, your parents may not love you right now. And I love you and uh, I'll be there for you. And I accept you exactly the way you are. And people are jumping on the parents and saying that they're mean, nasty, awful people. Well, they're not mean, nasty, awful people. They're just misplaced right now, if that makes sense. And so it's like finding a way to love them where they are, even though the place where they're, they're at many people don't approve of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot of social justice warriors out there that are like, well come down on your ass hard. You know what I mean? And they have come down really freaking hard. And
0: well, especially now I'm sure because like, so again, for our listeners that may not be aware, um, Jeremiah is currently on American Idol. Right. Um, doing so well Thank uh you, like yeah. every time you post a video i'm like i get so excited like i i teared up so much um uh at to make you feel my love like yeah. that was beautiful um but so like great voice but he's on american idol right now so i'm i'm right. sure like that's that's part of why like people are coming back at his parents because like he's talked a little bit about it on the show right um and so like people are saying this and going like hey be nice yeah. Uh, to jeremiah's parents right um so i'm sure it's coming from a good place from those right. people but right. I, I do understand like you know jeremiah probably and you probably feel like hey like you know there's there's a lot more to this like right. you're trying to give them grace which i appreciate
1: right and it's trying to love people where they are you know what i mean and yeah. we want people to love us where we are And we want to try to love them where they are and to give them a chance to, you know, figure Mm. it out for whatever they need to figure out, you know. And the whole point is that we still love each other. Like I I talked to my parents today. My parents, my mom said that she loves me and she loves Jeremiah. Um, Today she texted me that. I was like, that's amazing. Um, Awesome. Because when we were home, my parents didn't want to meet him and see him at all. You know what I mean? Wow. This is for over over, um, New Year's, you know. Um, and that's just that's just, they're just scared. It's fear again. And when mm-hmm. you see it, it pisses me off. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But the, the, my mom said, like, could you not kiss on national TV? You know, like um, your mom
0: <laughs> asked you that?
1: Yeah for, for, oh my God. for, for my parents' sake and for his parents' sake. But, um, it's oh, just like, man. I was like, mom, we do that. Like, that's what we do. We're adults and yeah. we care for each other and that's how we express it sometimes. And you know, if Tom Brady can kiss his kids on the lips that I all means I can sure kiss the person I love on the lips. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: You're like mom and dad, can you please never kiss in front of me again then? Right. Ever? Exactly.
1: Exactly. So I was oh, like, man. it's, it's kind of funny, but, um, it's like, I, I have to love my parents where they're at, you know what I mean? And that's why yeah. I've talked, we talk, and it goes back to the thing we started this conversation with. And I, I talk about it, and I call it love without expectations, and that love comes to us without expectations. And if you are giving an act of love, it is done without expectations on those to whom it is given. And if you have an expectation, then it is an award and reward, exactly. and you cannot give people awards and rewards without notifying them that they're doing it. And they have to actively want to participate in it in order for you yeah. to give them an award and a reward. And so God does not come to us in a reward and award system. And that's what the law was set up to be, was to be an award reward system. So you could know that you sucked and that you weren't yep. ever going to be good enough. And so yep. then all of a sudden grace shows up and says, fuck all of that. And it says, you just have to show up and just be the fact that mm-hmm. you're alive means that you have received the gift. Yeah. You're the air coming in and out of the breathing hole there, um, is, is the gift. And you just, you, you've already gotten it. You've all, you, you're already, you're already receiving it right now. So just take yeah. it, advantage of the gift and go out there and be a good human and be nice to people and love on people and, and your acts of love, give it without expectations and then see how people are reacting to it. Are they, do people like it when I give them a nail gun for Christmas? Well, maybe your wife doesn't want a nail gun for Christmas, you know, uh, maybe <laughs> a bouquet of flowers. Are you painting a wall for her? Might be a nice thing to do for Christmas, you know, um, to gauge what your acts of love are and how people are responding to them. You know what I mean? So, and doing without expectations that they have to like it, love it, or hate it, you know, and that your value's not on the line, um, because they liked or loved it or hated what you did, you know? So yeah. I think just living into that and your, our behavior is, it's very difficult and it's hard sometimes, but that's where love comes into play is loving people through the, um, really difficult, nasty times. I'm a realtor and I have, I've had people literally yell and scream at me in the last two weeks on the phone. Um, mm-hmm every word in the whole book that you can possibly say but i just calmly handle it and just give grace to those people and then they love me back because i am able to handle and love them through their absolute batshit craziness you know what i mean
0: oh you're so right you're so right people of earth this episode of good humans is brought to you by accidental information accidental information is an amazing inspirational organization that is actually run by Christopher Swan, who was a guest in the last season of this show. What he's doing with this organization is helping each and every one of us celebrate what makes us different and then use that to improve our personal lives and our careers. I love this organization so much, and it's not just because we just joined their podcast network. It's because each and every article and show that they have contains directly applicable and practical advice that will improve your personal life. Or your career. I love the articles that they post, such as how binge watching helps you live a better life, five amazing people who have used adversity to spark creativity, five ways to learn from every podcast you hear, how to tap into your creativity, and so many more. If you're interested, you should check out accidentalinformation.com and tell them good humans sent you. I like. What you're saying keeps remind keeps reminding me of a conversation I had a, a long time ago um, with a couple of people. My wife being one of them, Cecilia. Right. Um, the idea of allowing people to be wrong, right? And it doesn't mean I have to like me letting like allowing you space to be wrong doesn't mean right. I'm like approving your no. actions right. or your mindset. Right. And it, it's bullshit for me to think that I can approve or disapprove of your actions or mindset anyway. Right. But like, it doesn't mean that I'm like putting my stamp of approval on it. It means no. we're in different places. Right. <clears throat> and if I think you're wrong, right. then everybody is wrong at some point. Right. And so I'm just going to allow you space to be wrong for a right. while. Right. Until maybe you come around. And if you don't, then, then I just still need to allow you space to be wrong. Exactly, and it's so beautiful because when you're on the receiving end of that, because mm-hmm. w- we're we're always we're always ready to defend ourselves, right? Like, yeah. even if we are wrong and we know we're wrong, right. we say, "Dude, I'm a human, like I'm right. imperfect. I'm right. I'm gonna be wrong sometimes. Like, right. you know, lay off." Mm-hmm. And then we're really quick to jump on other people when they're wrong. Right. But when you're on the receiving end of that, and somebody is like, "You know what? I'm gonna give you space." Like. That's where you're at right now. Right. It's such a, like you, it's impossible to be mad at that. It's such a warm, it's hard to describe. It's, it's, it's it's love it's overwhelmingly pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I
1: love that. It's, it's great. And that's, that's the thing is to look for is when people are having those blow up life altering kind of moments and you see that it is like, prime 101 to be like hey this is the best opportunity for me to show you love the time when you want to fire that person this is the best opportunity if you want to build ultimate love in somebody is give them another chance you know what i mean that doesn't say that you have to be thrown under the bus every five minutes or you need to get yourself in a relationship where you're going to get stds or something like this or you have to put yourself in the place where you're getting beat the fuck up every five minutes um, I'm saying that if there's an opportunity for you to love in basic, you know, and basic decorum of like having an argument or you being in a different place right now than I'm at, you know, um, if you think differently than I do or feel differently about a certain topic than I do, allowing people, I can't tell you how many people right now in our country have split up with their parents and loved ones over the whether the president's right or not, or whether they like yep. the president or don't like the president, that is yep. such bullshit. And, um, and it's it's not worth fighting and ending a relationship. It's it's giving grace to you want to be in that place, you love the wall, you don't like the wall, you want <laughs> him to be impeached, or you don't want him to be impeached, whatever program or whatever side you're on, is just saying, hey, I still love you, and I'll allow you that space. I don't need to fix that in you. I may mm. disagree with it, you know how I feel, but I can, I can love you in that place and still give you grace. I'll still buy you a Christmas gift. You know, I'll still come to your party, you know, just allowing people to be where they are. It's so it's a huge deal.
0: Ah, buddy, this, this whole conversation has been good, but this, that, what you just said was, is worth the whole thing that we've just done and are doing. Awesome. It's so good. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you about, like, uh, like in the context of everything we've been talking about, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> LGBTQ representation as a whole, I think is is lacking, uh-huh. um, and but especially when we look at like the Christian circles, or I mean, just I think probably religious circles as a whole, um, and. I, th- I think we've we've come a long way. Um especially not not necessarily in the IFB circles because they're they're still backwards, but I think I think some of Christianity has, has sort of started to move in the direction of of yes, you are God's child and God created you this way and this is like there's nothing wrong with any of it. You know what I mean? Right. Um but we still have a long way to go. So I'm I'm curious your thoughts on like LGBTQ representation, I I probably as a whole, like, and then specifically within like the Christian community and and religious communities, um, you know, like where we're at now and, and what can we do better?
1: Right. Um, I think the biggest thing just to hop in on that is that, um, like I've, I got fired from four different, I think it's four, one, two, three, four different jobs since I've been in Maryland for being gay um i got fired from three different churches and one regular job um for being gay um wow that's the next frontier for lgbt rights is is um job um you know the discrimination it's just out there and it's rampant and you could still be fired in so many states right now just for being gay If your boss finds out you're gay, they can literally fire you tomorrow, and they and you can do absolutely nothing. You could be the best salesperson on the whole floor. You could be the best pastor in the church. You could be the best whatever it is. And then the biggest thing also is that we've given so many passes to the church to say, "Hey, you can employ people, but you can fire them from being gay because you're a church." And that's just bizarre. Just because they're
0: tax exempt.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. If you're if it, you're yeah. able to hire people, you should figure out the fuck whether they're gay or not. And if you don't like it, then don't hire them in the first place. But if you hire somebody, you shouldn't fire them. You should be able to fire them because they're gay. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's just, it's crazy. You know. Um, I
0: I had no idea. So like, you're you're in Maryland. So in Maryland, it's okay. For just a private business to fire somebody because of sexual orientation, Maryland's like an an at- that's at- not state. illegal. You
1: could fire somebody because just you don't like you don't like them, um, but Maryland it's illegal for you to fire them because they're gay. Now that's changed in Maryland. So it's, but I'm saying it's got to be you know, a
0: different justification. I'll,
1: I'll, exactly. You could be like, yeah. I don't like th- the shirt that you're wearing today. It's not at- well. State you can fire them for anything. So, but if somebody comes and says, "I'm firing you because you're gay," then that's a problem. You can get a lawsuit in Maryland. Um, got it. So, and so it has li- to
0: be veiled at least a little bit.
1: But so many people are so freaking stupid. They, they, they you know. Anyways, um, yeah, they they they're not gonna do that. Um, but in so many states, I'd say probably half the states don't have protections for um, people just being That's fired crazy. because they're gay. Um, so, you know, I marriage really know marriage is one thing, but then um, about um, about work and um, home life, and also there's a lot of. You know, stuff about adoptions and stuff like that, that's a whole nother program and stuff like this, Um, you know, whether you believe in it or not, um, you know, it's, that's just a really, and the fact that it costs so much money to adopt in this country is crazy. You You can go, you know, you can go abort a kid for $200. Um, but then to actually give that same kid to somebody else costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for some reason. That yep. just means the government's got their hand on a lot of pots <laughs> and um and somebody's somebody's siphoning money off somewhere to something. You know what I mean? So anyways, yep. um how does that work in LGBT circles? Um for instance, um um you're allowed to go to church and everyone's welcome. Right at Disney World you know church wise but then you can't participate or work on anything in the church if you're LGBT yeah. and that's what's so broken about the system is that every guy that's up there leading the, the music in church at, like that's playing the piano for your services all the lesbians um, all the trans kids that are out there that will probably never come out in, a, in, a, in this kind of setting you know um They are not able to participate when they come out and they're just, I was, I was just as good at playing the piano the day I was fired as I was the day, the week before when I played for the entire service and I played for the services for years before that. But all of a sudden I'm disqualified because of my, my junk touching somebody else's junk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is just bazonkers, you know what I mean? Um, so that's that's it's the always, biggest
0: thing. It's always boggled my mind too. If somebody's straight <clears throat> and has an affair, right, we can deal with that, right, and they can still participate and and do things and hold a position. You can still sing the <clears throat> choir. But somebody's yeah, if somebody's monogamous right. but gay right then no that's off limits
1: for yeah some reason. oh yeah or if you're just gay it's off, it's off limits you know well right and, yeah. and even if somebody is monogamous like they're like it, it's yeah. it's it's such a double standard on so many levels um and the thing is is like are do you want are people supposed to participate in your church well at the same point like are you going to start going and saying hey we've got too many people eating a buffets this week um you know everyone that ate at the buffet you can't sing in church this week. It's like that and like everyone that's got Under Armour cloth that's made from plants, like not allowed. You can only have wool clothing. You know what I mean? Like um, it, are you planting crops in the same in the same field, you know, not allowed. If you planted tomatoes and broccoli in the same place, can't come to church and sing this week. You know, if you're going to go off Levitical code, yeah. then follow Levitical code, but it's pick and choose in the pews. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's how it works. And I love that new saying I just made up. Um, I, so. I was going to
0: say, I've never heard that before, but that's great. So
1: <laughs> Use it. They um, can choose in the pews. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's exactly how it is. So that's, I think, the biggest thing that's, that's so offensive is that you're qualified if we don't know about it or if you're not doing it. Like, I was qualified to play the piano as long as nobody knew I was interacting with other guys. But then yeah. the second that anyone knows about me interacting with other guys... <laughs> Then I'm unqualified to play the piano. My talents or skills are out the window, and I'm on to a new church. If that makes sense, you know. So that's probably the biggest thing that is so offensive is the whole um, "let's pass you by." You know, we would take yeah. lower grade talent just yep. to just to get you out of the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Me- I um, like you hear so much if you're in Christian circles long at all, you hear so much uh, things like God's business is the greatest business in all the world. And like these like cliche sayings, right? Like they say them all the time. And like, if you're going to do something, you should do it. You know, like, like the Bible says with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Yes. And all your might. Um, We say things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the people whose talents and passions and callings and everything are to, to like share that with the world for like, for your purpose, like not even in opposition to what your church is trying to do (laughs) for your church. Right. Um, and then you say, no, no, you're really good, and and yes, that is your talent, and your calling, and your and your desire, and everything else. Right. And it would help us, but no, because we don't like who you're attracted to. Right. Um, it doesn't mesh. It doesn't mesh. If, and you know, you know. Uh, speaking of Phil Drysdale, who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. he. Um, and I've heard other people say this. Uh, he's So he's got this, um, he's got a whole online, like, video course. He's got, like, tons and tons of, like, courses you can take. Okay. Uh, and it's all free. But he's got an entire course uh, and series of videos on um, sexuality just in general and what the Bible has to say about it. Right. <clears throat> and he pointed out, I, I guess subconsciously I probably knew this because I've, like, I've done a lot of reading myself for the last few years. But right. he pointed out, I never thought about it, he pointed out that the Bible really doesn't say anything Um about sex before marriage like pro or con like doctrinally like it doesn't say anything about sex before marriage pro or con
2: right it
0: doesn't say anything pro or con about homosexuality right um or really anything else because like sexuality was not a point of focus right at, at that time right like sexuality became a point of focus in I'm, I'm going to say a date now and I like, I'm probably going to be off because uh, I haven't studied church history in a long time, right. but I think around like the 15 and 16 hundreds yeah. um, is when the church really started to focus on it. And it wasn't because of biblical morality. It mm-hmm. was because it was another form of like population control and, and all that other. And there was like a lot of STDs like going around. And so there was like, there was measures taken right. to cut down on that. Right. Before that, the church didn't care. Like right. Nobody cared. Right. Um, but my point is that we like we have taken something that that I think is beautiful—the story of Jesus. Right. Whether you believe it's literally true or it's or it's metaphor, okay. The story of Jesus—we've taken that and then we've wrapped all of this other stuff around it that wasn't there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And we have cut off. From that, and and therefore we have like deprived ourselves of some of the most beautiful, talented people
2: yeah.
0: that ever were, just because we, back to your point of fear, we're afraid of addressing something that we don't understand. Right. Do you do you feel like do you do you feel like it's just because, it's just because there's such limited exposure and experience around it that people do you think that's where the fear comes from? It's just fear of the unknown. They just don't know how to address it or how to like, how to like, what's the, what's the fear? Do you think, is it like,
1: I think that, I think the fear is, is that, um, the best way for anybody to, um, how I, I want to say this? I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. The best way for you to um, be able to have like, f- like to have like some sort of like freedom, I would say, um, or good feelings for you is to create an enemy out of something else. And if you're a president, then you yeah. create this enemy, which is um, these other people over here because they're doing it the wrong way. I mean, when you think about it, like I'm not going to say that. Uh, that's that's really taboo to say, but most of the, most of the German people were Lutheran, good hearted, normal people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, they thought they were doing the right thing. There was a lot of fucked up shit going on over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. and there was a lot of fucked up shit that was going on here too, but we had bigger tools and we won. So, um, yeah. that's,
0: we, we put, we put Japanese Americans in concentration camps
1: i know but we erased all those videos you know what I mean? yeah we
0: don't there we've we've taken that out of our history books essentially but like right yeah i i agree they're it's the same I mean, it's the victor the, same the victor writes the history right right um yeah so, i see what you're saying so, so it's, it's, it's kind of a thing again. of like well at least at least i'm not that if i have something to point to right that's that's supposedly worse than me right so then i can at least say well at least i'm not
1: such right. And exactly. And if I could get everyone in the audi in the auditorium to look at all the girls that are having abortions this week, and if I can get everyone in the auditorium to look at all the gays who are boinking each other in the bushes in the park, um, yeah. you know, then I can I can go boink all the girls that I want to in the office. Mm-hmm. You know Takes what the I mean? focus off of me. Exactly. So and it's also great for everyone in the audience, too, because then I don't have to ever look at the fact that maybe I should back away. And, and go to the YMCA once in a while, or maybe I should not, you know, lie, or maybe I should not sit in bed for all day long. I could get up and do something once in a while. You know what I mean? Or, you so know, I feel a, like it's
0: really, it's really a fear of like,
1: addressing my own stuff.
0: Introspective. Totally. Dude, that's you're. I think you're right. So
1: <laughs> it's, it's the way we are. We all do this. It's so yeah. much easier to look at everyone else. And that's why if, like the Fox news and the CNN and the MSNBC and all the other programs are so great at pointing out that like somebody did this and somebody did that and somebody did that. And we love watching news yeah. because it's like, it takes us out of our box and we don't have to look at ourselves. We can look at oh everybody else's yep. shit. It's so much Dude, easier. I get
0: so tired. I get so tired. Like, cause we've talked. we've Trump has come up a couple times already. Like okay. I get so tired of when it it happens on both sides. So I'm not siding with either yeah. side. I fucking hate that there are sides, by right, the way. Right. Exactly, too. right. But it like it drives me crazy when somebody's like uh um you know like whatever. Like it, the Mueller report just came out mm-hmm. um, and like no collusion. Mm-hmm. Um no collusion if I can. Right. I don't do a very good Trump. But like <laughs> like he's been saying that all along, right? And right. and but like there's there's always this thing of like well, Um, yeah, but he still hasn't turned over his tax records and which is valid. Like every other president has done that. Like, why not? You obviously have something you don't want us to see. And the IRS has said multiple times he's not under audit. So that's not it. Even though he said that that's why. But then like that camp, like the the conservative camp turns around and says, well, what about like Hillary's emails and like all this stuff? There's always this like, no, don't look at this because at least this isn't that right instead of okay let's talk about what we're talking about right now right and then if we need to address whatever else like i'm not saying Hillary's not a terrible person either i i like she's a piece of shit too i don't like her either (laughs) but the the point is like when you're like when you're talking about something as serious as possible like foreign interference into our national elections like that's that's important stuff. So maybe just talk about that when we're talking about that.
1: Yeah, and, the thing and
0: is, yeah. don't deflect right. to whatever somebody else did during their term of presidency. Right. They're not fucking president right now. Right. And I would say the same like the same goes for whomever. Like if it's if it was Hillary in office and like it was reversed, I'd be saying the same thing. Can we just can we not deflect and just talk about whatever we're talking about and just let's hash that out. Right. And then, and then let's address whatever else we need to address. But it's the same. I, I understand. It's the same thing in these circles where we're like, uh, look, I, I know everything I'm doing. Right. And I probably feel like shit about some of it.
1: Yeah. A lot of it.
0: But if I can go to church and hear a guy say, Um, you know, God hates gays and God hates abortions and God hates whatever God hates that week. Right. You know, whatever sin or whatever, whatever, then I can sit in my pew and go, well, I guess that hundred dollars that I, you know, fudged on my expense account isn't as bad as, you know, topic of the week, insert topic of the week here. Yeah. So then I don't, I like, that's just one more week. I don't have to look at myself And figure out: Am I, am I doing, am I, am I a quality person or not?
1: Right. Exactly. So we can yell Uh, and scream, "Amen!" and pass the ammunition um, when the pastor's literally rolling the bus over the gays, and he's literally rolling the bus over all the people that had an abortion last week. You know, Um, yeah.
0: It's the in-group out-group thing. Like if if I'm part of the in-group, then like I'm going to do everything I can to preserve that. Yeah. Uh even if it means you know, killing everyone that's not
1: exactly. In. It's the us versus them mentality, and even though it, when
0: you do that, the the in group keeps getting smaller and smaller because you keep right. you you have to find somebody new to right. to kill off the next week.
1: Exactly. And I think I, saw, I think I said this to Stuart one time when we were talking about this. Um, it it's the it's the climb the ladder syndrome. And it's the plus yeah. it's the plus. one. I remember Ray Young spoke about this get in line thing. Um, and I was like, that's the exact problem, is that everyone thinks that they're in a line, and then whenever somebody in front of you or above you in this position breaks off, then you're going to get in their position. Well, the yeah. problem is, is that everyone thinks they're on this ladder going up to this great place, right? And then somebody above you falls out, and then you get to move up into this place, right? Like a video game or something. The problem yeah. is when you think that way, the person at the top all of a sudden is like, I've got to take a shit. <laughs> and so they're like, you know what? I'm going to shit on the person beneath me. <laughs> yeah. Because they're there and I can just shit mm-hmm. on people. So all of a sudden the person at the top of the ladder just is like, just starts taking a shit on the person beneath them. And then the person beneath them's like, damn, that person just took a fucking shit on me. I can't believe this. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? This person at the top took a shit on me. I'm going to shit on the person beneath me too. And then all of a sudden you have an entire ladder of people just shitting on each other. And you're like wondering, why does the world smell like shit? Well, it's Mm -hmm. because everyone's shitting on each other because they think they're on a ladder. Instead of understanding that we're all on the same plane on a level playing field. And you taking a shit affects everybody else but at the same point we're all here on the same plane you're not you're not any better that's the way the, the thing is we need to think that we're we need to understand that we're all on the same plane we need to get off the ladder and just be on the same yeah. plane that's what i'm trying to say yeah. is that Get off the ladder and start dump stop dumping off of everybody and stop thinking you're gonna move up into this other special magic place. Realize that we're all connected. I don't care if you're the president of the corporation or you're mopping the fucking floors. You're all connected. I work with these people. I work with the president of the United States to make America great. I work with the I work with the person that's sweeping the floor out in um out in the out in the sidewalk or somebody that's that's um, you know, being the mayor of the city or somebody that's being a pastor of the church we're all connected it's not it's not that there's some other place that i've got to get to in order to have a more special job than what i'm doing today you know what i mean and that's the whole concept that that's in pervasive in church and american culture is that the person at the top can just fucking shit and turn around just literally pull their pants down pull their ass out and dump on somebody else beneath them because they think it's okay, and then then everyone else, and that's where you get slavery, and that's where you get Nazism, and that's yeah. where you that's where you get running over the gays, and you get running over the abortion kids, and then you get you know you get all of this crap because everyone thinks they're climbing a ladder up to this great magical place, and I call it blessings culture. Better not get <laughs> in the way of the blessings, because yep. otherwise, um, if you get in the way of somebody's blessings, you're going to get fucked up. And, yep. you know, because if you screw up my, God's blessing in my world, you're done for it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's, that's what I call it anyways. So
0: no, that's so good. And in that culture, you know, like shitting on somebody is how you, that's how you
1: move
2: up. That's, right.
0: That's how you show value over mm-hmm. the person being shit on. Yep. Yeah. That's good. I agree. That's crazy. Um, okay. So, uh, Here's a question I ask everybody that's okay. on the podcast. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's a big question, but like no pressure. There's, there's, I always say there's no wrong answers. I've since realized there are probably wrong answers to this question. <laughs> I'm sure you're not going to give a wrong answer. Um, <laughs> I'll do my best. All that to say, right. you know, this is, this is, you know, just based on your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the, the name of the podcast is called Good Humans. Mm-hmm. And so the question I ask everybody is like in your experience from your perspective, what do you feel it is to be a good human? How does one go about that? Um, How do you feel like you're going about that? Um, Just what does that look like?
1: Um, I have to say that, I mean, if we want to talk about the thing that I've been trying to put into practice for myself is that the verse going back to, we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. Um, And the verse before that says something about that we're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, body, and strength and everything. I don't even know what that means. And I don't even know that we can actually fathom and compute what it means to love God. Because that's not even that doesn't even register with us real well, if that makes any sense. Because mm-hmm. I don't know a physical way to love God. But then God also comes to us and says, I'm supposed to love God everyone around me and that God is in the faces of all of my family and friends and all the people right. around me. So the whole love God thing is like, almost well, he also
0: turns around and says, if you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me.
1: Yeah. So the whole yeah. love God thing is like completely discombobulating in the first place. It's almost like a, yeah. it's almost like a flash in the pan and like it's paralyzing. It, yeah. It's like here's this big giant flash and then oh here comes the real shit, you know what I mean, afterwards almost in a way. Yeah. And that's to love your neighbor as yourself. But the thing is we were taught to Jesus others you and we're supposed to love Jesus a whole lot, whatever that means, and then we're supposed to love others and get trampled on and do whatever the fuck they say because Yeah. You're doing it for others, you know. Um so if pastor calls me and I'm supposed to give him a blowjob under the table, then I'm supposed to do that because I did it for others, you know? And then me. Mm-hmm i'm here after that you know so what's a good human supposed to be doing i think a good human is first of all supposed to recognize the value that they have in god or in jesus however you want to look at it that that you have this value it's intrinsic in you and because of the fact that you are breathing you have the value and you've been given the gift and you're here and that's that's all you need and so so good therefore Understanding that if you finally get to the point where you can stop asking and everybody around you to say, tell me what I'm worth and say, I already know what oh, I'm worth yeah. inside and I'm not looking for you to vote for me. So if you do something, what I think is bad or good or nice or ugly, that I'm not asking and say, well, that hurt my feelings, That that felt bad to me, that I understand my own value and worth inside of me every war we've ever had is because people don't understand this concept is, and every argument that we have is, is just going back to that. My worth is intrinsic inside of me. It's given to me by God and it's already there. And I don't need you to vote for me or to choose me or to pick me or to do something to make me feel special because I already understand that my value comes from God. And then because, and then coming from that great, Worth and that value, and that yeah. um, that 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 place I can now—it's um, abundance, you know. From that place yeah, of a yeah. from abundance, now I can now give to you the way I give to myself because I understand the value that is within me. And if we mm. don't understand the value in ourselves, we can never give to other people because we're giving to other people. Because when I sometimes before when i would give to somebody i would judge them because they're when i when somebody <laughs> gives me something um i'm i suck or i'm terrible or i needed something you know what i mean yeah, and so therefore yeah. when i would give so it's watch like that's a good way to watch it is like when we give something do you feel or when somebody gives you something do you feel bad about it because when you give something you feel like you're doing something like that That you're judging them because they're poor or they're they're not good enough or they fucked up their finances or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Like what what judgments do you have on your giving? So when you come from abundance and understand your value, it therefore also allows you to be able to receive um, better because you're not placing judgment on what people are doing when they give because you're able to give from your abundance and not try to get anything from them, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? So, oh, it does. It's so good. Really deep No, it's to get, so good.
0: But, yeah. Uh, um, I, I've talked about this. I think on the podcast before, but um, Rob Rob Bell is is one of my favorite favorite people in the world. Okay. Um, I've read everything he's written. I listen to his podcast all the time. But uh, in a couple of his books and on his podcast, he talked. He's talked about the idea of a universe of abundance versus a universe of lack, and right. he's talking about exactly what you're talking about. Like when. It's, it's the difference between when somebody gets a promotion mm-hmm. thinking – like being bummed about it because it feels like they got something and now there's less to go around.
2: Right.
0: Uh, versus being happy for them because they got something awesome right. that they probably worked really hard for. Right. And everything you have is still awesome because nobody took anything from you. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's the difference between looking at the universe as a pie with a finite amount of slices for mm-hmm. everyone to go around versus – the whole universe is, is pie for everyone. Right. And there's more than anyone could ever want or need. Right. And all of us get anything and everything we deserve and, and want or, you know, work for and whatever. So yeah. the fact that you get a promotion doesn't mean something was taken away from me or there's less to go around. It means right. you got something awesome. And right. It's just not my time to, to get something. Right. Exactly. Right it's, it's yours.
1: Or maybe you need to leave and go to a different place where you can find your place, you know, what I where mean? you are valued. Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: But I, like, I love what you're saying because it like the idea of that, it, it doesn't come out of you un- until it's inside of you first. Right. And so the, the idea of living your life with that perception does start with recognizing and living into your own value.
2: Right.
0: Um, that's incredible. That's so important. Yep. I, I feel like that, like that could be a whole episode by itself, but yep. <laughs> it doesn't get talked about nearly enough. I, like we talk about like, you know, like, um, you know, empowerment and like positive, you know, self image and things like that. But it, when we talk about those things, it feels like we talk about them in at very
1: surface level. Right. Like it's something you need to do in order to like sell a car or something like this. Exactly.
0: There's always an, there's always an end to it. Like there's always a, there's always a reason it's, it's a very capitalistic idea. Like, please recognize your worth so that you can write better code for my software company. Please recognize your worth so you can, you know, represent our company in this way. Right. Instead of please recognize your worth because the world is better when people know that they are enough. Yes there's lately it's, it's funny. You're talking about this. We're talking about this. Cause I lately I've been, I've been writing the word enough, um, everywhere, like notebooks. Right. Um, at my, at my last job, I had a post it on my desk, mm-hmm. on my computer monitor that just said enough. Right. And I do that to remind myself that I'm enough. I have enough. Right. Um, you know, the universe is enough. I like, and I enough just, you know, right. in general. Right. And, that man i i love i love the focus on that but i i love the, you know the the direction you're hitting it from is yes we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves but it says as ourselves right. so if i don't love myself i i'm gonna be carrying like i i'll try and love my neighbor but i'm gonna be doing it really shitty because i'm not loving myself
1: exactly first. exactly and to the level that you love yourself like i think it was that brené brown said that somewhere in one of her books um she said that to the level that you love yourself is the level that you will love other people and so that's why i'm like allowing so can we allow for ourselves to make mistakes and that we say that we're growing and um and i'm learning so um you know i made some mistakes in work and finances and, and in real estate and um, you know in business and stuff like that I've made some fucking terrible mistakes you know um, and I have to allow myself to say hey I'm gonna take the mistakes that I've made and I'm going to learn from them and I'm gonna do better next time. I'm gonna still attempt to go out into the world and and conduct business in this world even though I've like seriously fucked up sometimes you know. Um, and learning what not to do and then becoming great afterwards because I've learned all the things of what not to do. You know what I mean? Um, So, And allowing yourself to be in that place that you can forgive your own self and move forward from making mistakes. And you'll see also like venture capitalists and stuff like that. If a venture capitalist is going to give you $100 million dollars, to spend on something they want to know that you've lost a hundred million dollars in somewhere that's, yeah. what I've, that's what I've heard yeah. I'm just like that's just bloggles my mind sometimes but they want mm. to know that you've learned the lesson and that you've that you've been through this process or circumstance before and you kind of get it that this isn't that your your worth isn't tied to this thing and it actually yeah. helps you perform better in a way because you understand that your worth's not tied to me giving you a hundred million dollars if that yeah. makes any sense at all
0: It does. It does. Um, do you, do you feel like you're a good human?
1: I feel that I'm trying. That's what I would say. I feel like that's a great um, answer. I feel that, um, I feel that, um, I was just talking this week in counseling that our families and our parents and me and everyone here, we all have evil within us and we can do good things and you may do 90% good things all day and 10% evil things. Um, But everyone Mm. has evil within them. We have to recognize that the fact that our parents, which are loving and awesome and fabulous people, they fuck up sometimes. And they're going to do things that are absolutely 100% evil to you that should have never been done. And that's just going to happen. And you have to admit that to yourself. And people don't want to see that in their parents. They don't want to see that in themselves. They don't want to see it in their friends. They don't want to see it in their president. They don't want to see it in their, their senator and their mayor or whoever it is they don't want to see that. And so they'll yeah. they'll cover and hide and do whatever they have to do to be able to like remove that from their world. But the fact is is that everybody has some evil in them. So am I am I a good human? Yes, I'm trying to be a good human. Am I always a good human? Not every day. But I am trying to live into that l- learning and recognizing my mistakes will become and help me become a better human. You know, through the avenue of allowing myself to make mistakes. And if I don't allow myself to make mistakes and I only do the same pattern every single time, um, because I'm not allowing myself to grow, then I won't ever learn right. anything if I just stay in bed all day. So I never make a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like the floor. No, What's that? Go ahead.
0: I, no, I was just gonna say that's, I, I like that answer a lot. And I, I only asked that question cause it's, it's interesting to me to hear To hear just to hear people's answers because, um, I I have yet to ask a person that question Mm -hmm. and they just immediately say yeah of course I am, Mm -hmm. Um, because like we were saying before like every we all know we all know the shit about ourselves like even if nobody else does, Um, and so it's just it's always interesting to me to to see just sort of how like how people feel about themselves like in the world and like the space they're taking up and and like the things they're doing. And right um, it's not, it's not meant to be a gotcha question. It's just, no. it's interesting to me, the responses, but yeah. um, I love your response because it's, I mean, it's, it's genuine, it's honest, but um, it's aspirational too, which, yeah. which I appreciate. Absolutely. Um, for For the record, I think you're a
2: good human. Oh, thank um, you very much. <laughs> that's, that's why,
0: that's why I wanted you to be on the podcast. Thank um, you. Just uh, I I feel like we don't I I know you a lot better now so I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy for that too but I yeah. I feel like we haven't known each other like extremely well over the years but um, just from afar um, yeah and then through like through mutual friends like Stuart and and Andrew and and right. a few other people um, yeah I th- I think you are a good human you're do- you're doing good human things in the world so I'm trying. I hope you keep that up
2: thank you very much uh,
0: this this conversation has been. Extremely helpful for me. Yeah. Um, just personally, I I know it's going to be helpful for the listeners too. But great. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate your perspective. Uh, just selfishly for my sake.
1: Absolutely, uh, it was great. You're welcome. You've helped thanks, me, for, so. uh, thanks for thanks co- for thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is now the John Keyser show. No, nah, uh, I'm ladies good, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um. Well, cool, man. Uh, we covered a lot. Um, and I'm really happy with the conversation. Was there anything that we didn't talk about that you were hoping to get to or how do you feel?
1: I'm fine. Like we've talked a lot. Of, there's a lot of good material in here for you to use. So, I mean, awesome. I feel good about it. So, uh,
0: is there, um, d- d- is there anything that you would like to like our listeners to look at? Like, do you like websites, um, social media profiles, like. How do people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you or right. or my website to plug, I guess? My, my
1: website's johnhasthis.com. So that's johnhasthis.com. Okay. John with an H. J-O-H-N has H-A-S this T-H-I-S dot com. And yeah, you can reach out to me there. Or johnhasthis at gmail.com. And reach out to me if you have a question or want to comment or whatever. Just give me a shout out. Um, I'm a, I'm Sweet. a real real estate agent. I can help refer you to other agents in the, in your area. If you need help with real estate or if you have questions, um, very involved in that right now. And then, um, just, <clears throat> that's really the big shout out. And then, um, I don't, I don't know when this is going to air, but, um, if you're voting, if you have a chance to vote for American Idol, vote for Jeremiah. I was, I was gonna right. say yeah. I'm going to vote for Jeremiah and see if, um, see if he wins. So, that's really exciting.
0: That's I'm so happy for him. Um, yeah. and uh, when you speak to him, tell him I said hi and okay. love him, think he's doing awesome. Thank you. Uh, he doesn't know me, but that's all right. <laughs> um, I'm with him. Thank you. Uh, do you, um, I almost forgot, but one thing I wanted to ask you too do you know of any resources for, um, I guess just in general for like any, any like, uh, kids or young adults or I mean, I just full adults um, that are uh, struggling with um, either coming out or, or, you know, family stuff after coming out or like complications there Um, maybe specifically within like Christian circles, any resources there or just in general for, for people um, if they need.
1: Yeah. um, Specifically there's a group called, it was called GCN, which was the gay Christian network and it changed its name to Q Christian fellowship. Just the letter Q CF, okay. Christ, Q Christian Fellowship, the letter Q Christian Fellowship. Um, and they're they're pretty easy to find. If you just type in gay Christian online on Google, it usually will come up with one of the top things. Um, okay. The Q Christian Fellowship group. Um, there's also a group called, there's also PFLAG, which is Parents and Friends of Gays and Lesbians. Um, there's PFLAG places all over the country. Um, um, also, there is a group called the Mama Bears Group. Um, and it's hundreds and hundreds of moms that have LGBT kids that, um, support, um, support, um, you know, parents and families. So there's, there's moms that are in independent fundamental Baptist circles or like super conservative circles, regardless of what church you come from. Um, and they've got an LGBT kid. They just don't know who to turn to or who to talk to. And there's, there's, these moms will gather around these other moms that are having, that are, trying to figure out what do I do in this conservative place and um they'll try to help you and say let you know that you're not alone that I've been there in this place I've had an LGBT kid and and this is how we tried to work it out these things that we did just kind of like to give you a support group of least people to talk to that have been in your place where you're at um as far as kids go, there's usually an, um just about in every major city. And if you don't live in a city that has a um, like a LGBT center or something like that, like Washington D.C. has an LGBT center, Baltimore has one, Philly has one, New York has one. You know, a lot of major cities have these places that can help you through counseling and through um, get you to the right places. If you live in a city that doesn't have a LGBT center and you need help regarding that um then you can call these places even if you don't live near there just call somebody and ask questions um to see if somebody can get you to the right place you know what i mean um there are resources nowadays and so just reach out and call places that are outside if you live in kansas and you don't have anyone you can reach out to call somebody in new york call somebody in washington dc um call an lgbt center that um and there's also things like the Trevor project that's for, um, LGBT suicide. If you're having problems with that, yeah. there's, um, the Trevor projects really good at helping people with that there's the boys town national hotline. Um, and there's also the, um, suicide prevention network and stuff like this. Um, like reach out to these people cause they're, they're people that care about you that can help you, um, get the the resources that you need and also realize that, 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 as bad as you think your situation is right now as awful as it is can you still hear me now this thing's yeah. dying up um, the um, as bad as you think your situation is there is life on the other side of it and when we're in when we're under the sheets it looks like the world's dark okay so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, sometimes it's gonna look like the world's really dark, but just realize that you're in one specific place. The rest of the world may be very, very bright and great. And sometimes you just have to get out from under that blanket, and and realize that there's life after that. And so, um, if you're in that space, um, just give it time. I've I've been on medication before that made me feel suicidal, and it was the medication that was making me feel that way. So there are things in our head and little squirts and stuff like that that can make you feel like you're all alone and there's no way out. And, and for me, it was a medication. For you, it may be something else. But there's things that you can do and you can get help through a doctor, through a physician to possibly help you um, get through that time. Um, so reach out to somebody and, and ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. The number one business book I've ever read in my entire life that's helped me the most is called The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. It is a fantastic book. It just talks about asking for help. People want to help you and they will give you help and you just need to be okay with and humi- humble enough to ask for help. And so if if you want to read the best business book I've ever read that's helped me the most in any of my business, and this this book is not necessarily just about business, but it is one of the best business books I've ever read in my entire life, The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. You've got to read that book if you're planning on cool. being in business. So or if you just need help in your, in your life, you know what I mean? So yeah, good stuff.
0: Cool. Well, I, I appreciate that dude. Absolutely. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to try and find links, uh, for all this stuff and I include it in like the, the podcast um, okay. notes and, and whatnot. But, um, cool. yeah, I, I really appreciate you making time for this. Um, thank you. I appreciate your perspective. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, man, keep doing what you're doing. I think you're, you're doing really good work. Um, and <clears throat> you're, I think you're setting a really, really good example for, um, I, I think everyone, but especially, you know, people who may have similar experiences. Thank you. Um, so I'm, ec- I'm excited for our audience
1: to hear this because I think it's going to be helpful. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah,
0: man. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, listeners, that's all I think for this episode. So thank you for tuning in. And until next week, be good to each other.